We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 Matthew begins his gospel by saying the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham so he's saying i'm about to write to you about Jesus Christ mark also begins his gospel that way he says this gospel of Jesus Christ this morning i want to take some time and talk to us about Jesus the Christ Jesus the Christ many of us think that you know Christ is Jesus last name you know <laughs> but really it's it's really not his last name it's really a title describing one of his many facets one of who he is the Christ simply means in the greek is the word christos it has a hebrew word synonymous to it which is messiah so jesus the messiah or jesus the christ both meaning he is the anointed one so when matthew begins his gospel saying this is the gospel of jesus the messiah he's saying this is the gospel of jesus the anointed one mark writes the same thing this is the gospel of jesus the christ jesus the messiah the anointed one and so this morning as we uh, celebrate the birth of jesus christ i want us to uh, spend some time here just looking and just reflecting on jesus the messiah jesus the anointed one uh, uh, the anointed person in in bible terms refers to somebody who is consecrated unto God who's a holy servant of God he is an anointed servant of God so when the bible says jesus the christ jesus the messiah it's telling us that this jesus is the anointed holy consecrated servant of God anointed simply means to be smeared you know when they anoint with oil they smear a person with oil this jesus is smeared he's anointed with oil and this this is the oil of the holy spirit meaning he is carrying the presence of god this is jesus the messiah the one who is anointed who is carrying god's presence he is bringing the presence of god into our world into our lives the gospel of luke in luke chapter 2 verses 25 to 38 talks about a man named Simeon Luke 2:25 to 38 talks about a man named Simeon and it says that he was a, a very just and a very devout man and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel for the 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 encouragement that God would bring into this nation and the holy spirit was upon him and the holy spirit revealed to Simeon that he would not die verse 26 until he had seen the lord's christ until he had seen the lord's messiah so the holy spirit said simeon you will not die until you see the messiah the anointed one 
The one who is carrying the presence of God, who is carrying the Holy Spirit upon his life. Simeon, you will not die until you see him. And so when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus into the temple to dedicate the baby Jesus, or little Jesus at that time, it, it tells us in verse 27 that Simeon came into the temple directed by the Holy Spirit. And when the parents brought him, it says here that Simeon took uh, this little Jesus in his arms and blessed God. And he said this, he said, Lord, now, verse 29, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. So this Messiah was bringing salvation to all peoples, to people of all nations, languages, tribes, and tongues. Verse 32, He will be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce to your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. At the same time, there was a prophetess named Anna, and and, and she came in. Uh, to, her, to the temple. She had just spent all her time with uh, fasting and prayer. And she'd been a widow seven years after um, marriage. And she came in. And that instant, verse 38 says, She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem, saying, you know, this baby is here to bring redemption for all of us. This baby. So Simeon recognized the Messiah. He said, Lord, you told me I'll I'll live till I see the Lord's Messiah. I've seen him. Simeon saw the baby and said, this is the Messiah. The same Holy Spirit who spoke to him and said, you will not die until you see the Messiah. Now spoke to Simeon and said, Simeon, this is the anointed one. Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one who carries the anointing. John the Baptist, as he began his forerunning, forerunner ministry, preparing the way of the Lord, people sent, uh, came to John and said, you know, who are you? This is John chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Who are you? And John said this, he said, you know, uh, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah. So people at that time were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for this anointed one. And John said, you know, I am not the Messiah. I am not the anointed one. Somebody else is coming. And when I see him, I will let you know of him. And as Jesus came to be baptized by John in the river Jordan, what a symbolic thing that happened. The Holy Spirit came like a dove. And descended upon Jesus. And John knew this was the Messiah. Because he saw in in, in a representation, in in a symbolic way, the anointing coming upon this Jesus. He saw the dove descend. And that was a confirmation to John that this one, he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one, the one who carries the presence of God into our world. And uh, when John spoke of Jesus and said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples, John's disciples, left him and went and followed Jesus. Andrew was one of them. 
In John chapter 1 and verse 41, Andrew goes to his brother Simon and this is what he says. We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. He says, you know, we have found the Messiah, the anointed one, the anointed servant of God. We have found him. This is Jesus. You know, in those days, as the Jewish people were under the under Roman oppression, they were anticipating, they were looking for the Messiah. And of course, they had different expectations of what this anointed one, the anointed servant of God, will do for them. In, in John chapter 1, when, uh, uh, when, when Philip was following Jesus, he goes to Peter and he says, Peter, we have found him. You know, all of us are waiting for him. Philip says, we found him. The one we are waiting for, the Messiah. And of course, you know, Peter's response is, when, when Philip, sorry, Philip speaks to Nathaniel and says, Nathaniel, we have found him, the Messiah. But he comes from Nazareth. Nathaniel's response is, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth? I don't, we're not expecting the Messiah to come from a little humble town called Nazareth. But that's exactly where he came from, the Messiah, the anointed one. Even the neighbors had the same expectation of the Messiah. Because they too would experience liberation from uh, uh, the Roman rule. When Jesus was at the, at the well in Samaria speaking to this woman. You know, and after he revealed to her, her her life and said, you know, you're living, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with is not your husband. She suddenly got into a spiritual conversation and said, you know, Lord, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Um, now, can you please explain to me where we should worship God? Should we worship on this mountain or should we worship on that mountain? And Jesus roped the conversation back in and said, you know, you don't worship here or there, but you worship God in spirit and truth. And, and then she uh, begins to say this, you know, when the Messiah comes, he will teach us all these kinds of things. So even she was looking out for the Jewish Messiah, the Messiah of the Jews. And with expectation that he would point the way to the truth. And Jesus looks at this woman and he says in John four twenty six, Woman, I who speak to you am he. I am the Messiah that you're looking for. I am the one who's going to tell you all things. Who's going to tell you where to worship God. How to worship God. I am the Messiah. The prophets spoke about the Messiah. Moses pointed said, God will raise you up a prophet much greater than me. Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah. He referred to the Messiah as the servant. And this is, these are things he would do. He would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, would, he would not uh, judge after the hearing of his ears or the seeing of his eyes. And uh, he would be taught by the Lord. And he would speak the word of the Lord. And so on. They, they prophesied. Even Daniel had an amazing prophecy about the Messiah. Daniel prophesied exactly the number of years. In Daniel chapter 9 verses 25 and 26. In verse 26 he says that... 434 years will elapse from the time Jerusalem is rebuilt to the time the Messiah shows up. What an amazing prophecy. Sure enough, from the time the last decree was given in, in, in the book of Nehemiah for Jerusalem to be completely rebuilt in 444 BC, right up to the birth of Jesus Christ was exactly that period of time. I mean, you couldn't get more accurate than that. Daniel saying, 
434 years will elapse from the time Jerusalem has been fully rebuilt to the time the Messiah will be crucified. In Daniel 9.26 it says this, And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. 62 weeks, 434 years, Messiah will be killed from the time Jerusalem is rebuilt. So the prophets prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And all of, Jeru- all of Israel were expectant for this Messiah, for the coming of the Anointed One. Now interestingly, when Jesus walked the earth as the Messiah, after He was born and, and began His ministry, and as He walked the earth as the Messiah, interestingly, He did not want His disciples to publicize that. You know, one day he did a reality check with his disciples. They had been following him for some time. And in Matthew, the 16th chapter, he turned around to his disciples. He had a, public meet, a private meeting with them. And he said, you know, I want to ask you something. Whom do people say that I am? And they said, you know, here's the public general opinion. You know, they, some people think you are uh, Elijah. Some people think you are uh, Eli- uh, some, some other prophet. And some people even think you're John the Baptist come back. And then Jesus asked the question, he said, whom do you say that I am? And Peter replied in Matthew, the 16th chapter and verse um, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, you've received this by revelation. Flesh and blood didn't reveal to you. That I am the Messiah. But my Father in heaven has made it known to you. That I am the anointed one. The one sent by God. The anointed servant of God. But then he quickly went on to say this in Matthew 16 verse 20. He said. Then he commanded his disciples. That they should tell no one. That he was Jesus the Messiah. He said I don't want you to go out and publicize this. Don't tell people that I am the Messiah. If I just back up a little bit in that passage, there's one more thing that Jesus said. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the church is built. So this truth is so important for us to understand that Jesus Christ is the anointed servant of God. Because the church is built on the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one. Upon this truth, I will build my church. We as God's people must understand that the Jesus we worship, yes, he's several other things, but the Jesus we worship, he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one sent from heaven to invade our world. The anointed servant of God. So why did Jesus tell Peter and his disciples, you know, don't go and publicize, don't go and tell everybody that I am the Messiah. Why would he say that? I can think of only, I can think of two reasons why he would say that. First, I believe that Jesus wanted people to come to their own conclusion that he was indeed the Messiah through what he was doing. When John the Baptist, the very one who introduced Jesus to the world by saying, this is the Lamb of God. When John the Baptist, the very one who saw the anointing come down on the anointed one. At the river Jordan. When he got into doubt. John in Matthew chapter 11 was, was put into prison. And the Bible records at this time that 
when John had heard in prison, John, Matthew 11 verse 2, about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, are you the coming one or do we look for another? So John was a little confused. He's saying, is this the Messiah? You know why? Because John and the others were expecting the Messiah to come and see the government be established on his shoulder. But unfortunately, at this point, that was not what the Messiah had come. Instead of hearing the Messiah overthrow the Roman Empire and establish his government, they were hearing about the Messiah healing the sick, casting out devils and opening blind eyes. And John was a little confused. Because in his perception, that was not what the Messiah was to do. In his perception, the anointed one would come and he would set up his government and take over the throne of his father David and and rule out of Jerusalem. But here the anointed one, the very one whom he said, I saw the Holy Spirit descending on him. This very one, instead of overthrowing governments, was now doing something else. He was ushering in a spiritual kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. And he said because the kingdom is here, I am healing the sick. I am cleansing the lepers. I am casting our devils. And I am raising the dead. And when John heard these works of Christ, He was a little confused. And he sent his disciples to check up on Jesus with this question. Are you really the Messiah? Or should we look out for somebody else? What was Jesus' response? Interesting. He says, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. He's saying, John, the only proof that I'll give you that I am indeed the Messiah are all these things I'm doing. I am the anointed servant of God. Blessed are you if you don't get offended in me. So Jesus wanted people to come to their own conclusion through the works he did that he was indeed the Messiah, the anointed one. And second reason I can think of why Jesus didn't want people to know that he was uh, going, didn't want his disciples to go and publicize that he was the Messiah was because his mission at this time as the anointed servant of God was not to set up a government but to go to the cross. And that's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 8 that if anybody knew, if the rulers of this world knew who he was, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So it's better that they didn't know who he was because he had to go to the cross as the anointed servant, as the Messiah. But this morning, I want us to zero in On what was the Messiah's ministry? What did he come to do as the anointed one sent from heaven? As the one whom the prophet spoke about saying there will come an anointed one. There will come somebody who is carrying the very presence of God. There will come somebody who was overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. What did he come to do? At the very beginning of his ministry, and this is so familiar to all of us, in Luke the fourth chapter, verses 18 and 19, as Jesus stood up to begin his ministry, here's what he said. 
He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Meaning, I am the anointed one. I am the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To do what? For He has anointed me. He has put His presence on me. He has rubbed me with the Holy Ghost. He has anointed me, smeared me with the Holy Spirit. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken in heart. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He was quoting from Isaiah 61. So this is Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one. And this is what he came to do. He came to bring good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. What is good news to the poor? Your present state can be altered, can be changed. It can be transformed. You don't have to be poor. He came to bring good news to the poor. Poverty can be in many forms. When we think of poor, we immediately think of those who lack money. Or those who lack goods. Who, those who lack in things. But poverty can be in many forms. It can come in many shapes. It can come in a variety of expressions. There could be poverty in the spirit. Where we have uh, just a lack of a sense of God. Of the presence of God. We could be poor in the spirit. Bound in sin. Bound in addictions. Bound in things we know are just totally ruining our lives. Bound in things we know are just making us totally poor in our character and who we are. And Jesus said, I've got good news for those of you who are poor in that area of your life. I can change it. That poverty can be removed and riches can come in to that very area of your life. Poverty could be emotional. We are bankrupt emotionally. Jesus said, I've come to bring good news to the poor in that realm of your, uh, realm of your existence. So whatever your poverty is this morning, whatever my poverty may be, in whichever area I may be bankrupt, in whichever area we may be so depraved, so caught up, so weak, having nothing, Jesus Christ came to bring good news and say, that can be changed. I can replace your poverty with the wealth of heaven. Whatever area your poverty may be. Amen. And he said, I've come to heal those who are broken hearted. To be broken simply means to be crushed or shattered. Hearted meaning dealing with the inner person. He said, for those of you who are crushed and shattered on the inside. The outside may be looking prim and proper. The outside may be looking smart and tall. The outside may be looking strong and handsome. But you're broken. You're weak. You're shattered. You're crushed on the inside. And Jesus said, I've come to heal you on the inside. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am that Messiah. I am the anointed one. And I'm here to heal those who are broken. Who are crushed. Who are shattered on the inside. And so many of us are in that situation this morning. 
Because of life's challenges, because of life's tragedies, because of all the things that life has thrown upon us, we are broken, we are crushed, we are bruised, we are hurting on the inside. And Jesus said, I am the Messiah, I am the anointed one, I have come here to release wholeness, to release healing on the inside. Psychologists will give you a bandage, but Jesus Christ can make you whole. He said, I've come to heal the broken in heart. He said, I've come to set at liberty those who are captives and those who are oppressed. In Isaiah 61, Isaiah puts it this way. He has come to open the prison doors for those who are in prison. That's why the Messiah came. He came to set the captives free. You say, Pastor, I, I am not in captive to anything. I'm absolutely free. The Bible says, he who commits sin is a slave to sin. Do you commit sin? other things in your life that control you, then you are a captive and Jesus Christ came to set the captive free. Anything that controls you, holds you in bondage. Anything that you do do not dominate, dominates you and enslaves you and me. And Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. I've come to open up the prison doors for those who are in prison. Some of us might be in the prison of fear. Some of us might be in the, in the prison of hopelessness. Some of us might be in the prison of despair. Some of us might be in the prison of sin, addiction, bondage. Whatever the prison door is, the Messiah has come. He is the anointed one. And he said, I have come to throw open the prison doors for those who are in prison. That's why the Messiah came. To set the captives free. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Meaning something heavier, something stronger, something more powerful is weighing in on them. And they themselves are helpless to come out of it. I have come for such people. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning who feels like that. That something bigger, something more stronger, something more heavier, something more powerful than what you can deal with. Something that more stronger than what you can rise up to is weighing in on you. It's burdening you down. It's holding you in as a captive. It's, it's your oppressor. An oppressor doesn't necessarily have to be a human person. It could be anything that controls us. Against which we find ourselves powerless. I want us to know the Messiah has come. He is Jesus the Messiah. He said, I've come to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He said, I've come to give sight to those who are blind. Blindness again can be in so many shapes and forms and expressions. Some of us are blind. We have never seen and experienced God in our lives. We've been to church. We've come into church and gone out of church. But our eyes have always been closed. We have never seen the person of Jesus Christ deep in our hearts. We've sung all the hymns. We've read all the scripture. We've, read, we've heard all the sermons. But our eyes are still blinded. Because we've never encountered the person of Jesus Christ. Because when we see him. He totally changes us. And he said I've come to give sight to those who are blind. Some of us may be blind. We can't see past the moment. We can't see into tomorrow. We can't see into the future. And Jesus said I've come to give sight to the blind. I've come to give you hope for the future. I've come to set you in a direction. That God Almighty has for your life. I've come to help you see into eternity. Although you are right here in time. I've come to help you see beyond the moment. To give you sight to the blind.
That's why the Messiah came. For those of us who are blind. And he said, I've come here to proclaim the acceptable year of God. I've come to let you know that this is the year of Jubilee. The Jews practiced, uh, were, were given the year of Jubilee. Every set time in the year of Jubilee, when the year of Jubilee came, that year every captive had to be set free. No owner could hold on to their slave. They were commanded by God to set the captives free. That was the year of Jubilee. And Jesus said, I've come here to announce to you that this is your year of Jubilee. This is the acceptable year when you can go back to your original state. You don't have to remain a slave. You can go and be a son and a daughter of God. This is the day of salvation. This is the day when heaven's gates are open and every sinner can come in washed with the blood of Jesus. That nobody needs to be outside, but everybody can come in. Nobody needs to be outcast, but everybody can get entrance in the very presence of God. I've come to announce to you that God has accepted you. Heaven's gates are open and the invitation is given. Come in. This is the accepted time. The year that is acceptable to the Lord. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. So if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because now is the time. The acceptable year has been announced. Do not delay. Come to Jesus right now. Because now is the time. He accepts us. He welcomes us. A day will come. And it will be too late. And there will be no more opportunity to walk in to heaven's gates. I've come to announce the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke recording about the ministry of Jesus said this in Acts 10 38. He said, have God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. This Jesus from this little town of Nazareth. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. What did he do? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why did the Messiah come? He came anointed by God to heal all who were oppressed of the devil. The Bible records over and over again that people came to Jesus with all manner of sicknesses, all manner of diseases, all manner of ailments. And he healed everyone who came to him in faith. He never sent anyone away sick. He healed everyone who came to him in faith. And this is the Messiah. This is the anointed one. Isaiah 10 and verse 27 tells us what the anointing will do. It says it will come to pass in that day that the enemy's burden will be taken from, away from you. And this yoke will be destroyed from your neck because of the anointing. What does the anointing on the anointed one do? It removes burdens and it destroys yokes. That's why the Messiah came. To remove burdens and to destroy yokes. If you and I uh, find ourselves burdened with anything, let's come to Jesus the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He has the power to remove every burden and to break every yoke. He is Jesus, the anointed one who carries the anointing to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Secondly, why? This is what the Messiah came to do. He came to become the obedient servant. Messiah, the anointed servant. 
Jesus came to be that anointed servant who would serve the will of the Father even to the point of death on the cross. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 to 12 bring this out, bring this out so powerfully. Hebrews 10, 1 to 10. It says, you know, that God, the, the sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament year after year of bloods of animals and, go- and goats, they could never take away the sins of the, of the, of the people. Every year there was a reminder of sins because it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when Messiah came, when Jesus came into the world, verse 5 of Hebrews 10, it says, Sacrifice and offering you didn't desire, but you prepared a body for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. He says, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, so that there will be no more need for another sacrifice to deal with our sins. The Messiah, he came. He died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose up again. And he is alive today. Amen. And I want us to know that the Jesus we believe in is still Jesus, the Messiah. The Jesus we believe in is still Jesus, the Messiah. In the book of Acts, post the resurrection of Jesus. In his very first sermon as Peter stands up and preaches to this crowd of people who are trying to get an explanation of what is happening. Peter says this in Acts 2.36. Let all the house of Israel know that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. God has made this Jesus to be the potentate. To be the king. To be the ruler. And the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This risen Jesus. Remains the Messiah. The one and only anointed of God. In Acts the 4th chapter. Once again as they are praying. Verses 24 to 27. As they pray together. They quote from the Old Testament. From Psalm 2. And they say Lord. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ or his Messiah. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, whom you made the Messiah, Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. They acknowledged that this holy servant was also the Messiah. I want us to understand that the Jesus we worship is Jesus, the anointed one, today. Amen. That's why Hebrews 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus, the Messiah, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the Messiah. He is the same yesterday, today, And forever. If 2,000 years ago. The Messiah came. To heal the broken in heart. Jesus the Messiah. Is the same. He heals the broken in heart today. He is still the holy. And anointed one. Waiting to release the balm of Gilead. Waiting to release the holy anointing. Into your heart and mind. 
to heal the broken in heart, to set the captives free, to tell those who are in prison that the prison doors are open, to tell the poor that they don't have to remain poor, whatever their poverty might be, to tell those who are blind that they can see, and to announce to people that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Peter met a lame man named Aeneas. And he said, Aeneas, Jesus the Messiah makes you whole. Rise up and walk. Acts chapter 9. Jesus the Messiah. This anointed one who has the anointing to remove every burden and break every yoke. This anointed one who can heal the broken in heart, who can set the captives free. He makes you whole. Rise up, Aeneas, and walk. And the man leaped up, took up his bed, and walked. The Jesus we worship is Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Jesus warned us, and I could close with this. He said, you know, in the last days, there will be many false messiahs. Many who claim to be Christ's, many false Christ's. Many self-appointed messiahs will come. The question is, does the anointing they carry bring good news to the poor? Does the anointing they claim to carry heal the broken heart? Does the anointing they carry, they claim to carry, set the captive free? Does the anointing they carry give sight to the blind? Many false messiahs will come. And probably the greater question is. Are they like our messiah. Who went to the cross. For the sins of the whole world. There's only one messiah. Who died on the cross. For the sins of the whole world. So that people could be forgiven. And he is the true messiah. Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to invite each one of us here to reach out and touch Jesus, the Messiah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's here this morning to be your Messiah, to be the anointed one in your life, to bring good news into our poverty. To heal those of us who are broken. To set those of us who are captive. Set us free. To give us sight into, our, into the future. To give us sight to see, know and encounter God. To let us know that now is the acceptable time. Now is the year of Jubilee to be free. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The Jesus we worship is both Lord and Messiah. He is Lord and He is anointed. His anointing will remove every burden. His anointing will destroy every yoke upon our lives. As we stand here and take a few moments to worship God, I want to invite you, if you want to come up forward here this morning, just leave your seat and come up here. It was funny yesterday as I was challenging those ladies, I said, you know, Jesus left his throne in heaven and came all the way down to the earth. So it's no big deal for you to leave your chair and come up to the front.
It's no big deal. He humbled himself to leave glory. To step into all the depravity of this world. It's not a big thing for you and me to humble ourselves. Leave our chairs and come to the front and say, I'm coming to Jesus, the Messiah. Is there anyone here this morning who would say, you know, I need Jesus, the Messiah, to touch my life today. I want to invite you to come up forward. We're going to pray with you. Maybe it's the sin of sin and the poverty of your sin and the poverty of your, of, of your morally depraved condition that would want to make you come forward and say, Jesus, I want good news in my poverty. I want you to turn, out, turn away my poverty. I want you to come. Jesus Christ died for your sins and mine. Maybe some of us say, Jesus, I want that healing for the broken in heart. I want you to come. Maybe some of us would say, Jesus, I want my prison doors to be thrown open so that I can be free. I want you to come. Maybe some of you might say, Jesus, I want my eyes to be open. I want to know God. I want you to come. As we sing the song, Jesus, Holy Anointed One. If you want to meet Jesus, the Messiah, this morning, I want to encourage you to leave your chair. Leave your seat where you're standing. Come on right up front. I don't know what it is that will cause you to come here. Whether you come because of the poverty in your life. Whether you come because of the healing you need for your broken on the brokenness on the inside. Whether it's for liberation from whatever is holding you captive. Whether it's for sight for the blindness that you see in yourself. Whether it's just to come and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Messiah. The one who saves me from my sins. Whatever it might be. This morning, let's meet Jesus, the Messiah. every yoke in this place. Lord Jesus, we come to you for the removing of burdens, for the breaking of every yoke, oh God. We come to you, Lord Jesus, to receive good news in our poverty. We come to you, Jesus, 
to receive liberation from our oppression and captivity, Lord. We come to you this morning, Jesus, to receive healing for all the brokenness, the wounds, the crushings, the shattered insights. We come to you, Jesus, this morning. Lord Jesus, we come to you to receive sight to our blindness, oh God. We are so blind. We can't see right from wrong. We don't know left from right. We don't know darkness from light. Oh God, open our eyes that we might see. We come to you, Jesus. Because now is the acceptable time. Because the gates of heaven are open. And today we come. Because the arms of God are stretched out to us. In spite of all our sin. Because the grace of God reaches out to us. We come to you now, Jesus. We come to you this morning. You are the holy anointed one. You are the Messiah. The one who can break every yoke. And remove every burden of our lives. We come to you, Jesus. Everyone just worship Jesus. Look to Him. Look to Jesus. The Holy One, the Anointed One. Who can break every yoke and remove every burden. Right where you are. It's Jesus who can bring brokenness. Healing to our brokenness. It's Jesus who can bring healing. To all our brokenness. We look to you Jesus. We look to you Lord. The Messiah. Jesus the Messiah. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.